Hello and welcome to a very, very special crossover Star Trek episode. I'm Lyda Gold, host of Art for the End Times, and with me today we have... I'm Aaron, Aaron Thorpe uh, from the Trillbillies, uh, also from Struggle Session, and Everybody Loves Communism. And uh, yeah, I'm here to talk about Trek with y'all. Yeah, what's up, y'all? I'm Leslie the Third. I am the host of Struggle Session, along with Aaron and my homie Jack Allison. I like to consider myself the uh, Commander Cisco of podcasts. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so glad I made that claim before Aaron got a chance to get at it. I didn't even think of it, man. I didn't think oh, of it. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm Brittany. I am the producer of the Ironweeds podcast, as well as the audio edition of Real Life Magazine and Reaction, which is my pet project, a show about the history of right-wing movements in the United States. Uh, and I am David Banks. I'm also uh, a co-host of, uh, of Ironweeds, uh, along with Brittany and our third, uh, Chris Scully, uh, who's never watched Star Trek, so he didn't come. <laughs> How can you even be friends with somebody who hasn't seen Star Trek? Like, he doesn't does like Star Wars, does he? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. Uh, okay, not, no, no. He's really into <laughs> anime, and okay. uh, so I think I think oh, that fine. I think that makes up for for all of it. I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we are doing this very special crossover episode. Hopefully, the first of many. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Star Trek, uh, and to start off, since that's a very big topic, and we could literally be here for like weeks, like in a bunker, just talking about Star Trek. <laughs> um, we are going to start with the newest one which I guess is kind of reverse order, but also not reverse order in a way. Uh, mm. The newest show is called Strange New Worlds. It's uh, it's a prequel of a sort. It's set um, like 10 years before um, uh, the original series. And yeah, it's the new one. It's uh, unlike some of New Trek, which is so so. there's old Trek, the classic series of which are the rest four or five, depending on how you count. And then there's New Trek, which are the, the new ones, often spelled N-U, New Trek, because it's, I don't know, being funky. Um, and of them, I think probably we of the new ones, I think we would probably agree that Strange New Worlds is the best, although I put in a plug for the animated series, uh, Lower Decks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, 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 absolutely. I would say that uh, I haven't, I was telling you guys in DMs, I haven't watched, uh, I tried to watch some of New Trek and you Trek. I tried to watch Discovery. I tried to watch Picard, hated it. So I don't even consider Strange New Worlds as a part of that kind of thing. Although it still has some of the same problems, which we'll talk about, but uh, but yeah, this is the this is the this is kind of almost like a reboot, I guess, right? Yeah, in, yeah. In sort of a way, because especially because it's trying to pick up like the the imagery and the the vibe and the the storytelling structure of the original series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But this is this was actually uh, soft booted in Discovery, I think, season two. So the reason these characters are back, mm, Pike, yes. Spike, uh, Spock, and I think um, Rebecca Romaine's character all premiered in Star Trek Discovery, and then they spun it off of this. And basically, Paramount Plus has a Star Trek show going at all times. That's how they get you, uh, keep you subscribed. Yeah, 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 they're like, y'all keep drinking that garbage. I'm like, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Thank you. Yes, sir. I am not subscribed and have to resort to means that, you know, better not talk about. Uh, it's hard. It is very difficult. Well, let me know after the after the, the, the recording, man, because I'll pay that for that shit $15 a month, man. The only thing I watch is Star Trek. And I've seen basically all of them. The one I'm paying for this shit. Yeah, they, they've really got they've really got a vice grip around our nuts on this one. It's really unfair because you know it, it used is. to be on Netflix. Some of the shows are on Netflix, but yeah, no, it's yeah. just everything is on Paramount. If you want Star Trek, you are now stuck with fucking Paramount Plus, which has nothing else. Just the yeah, yeah, it has nothing else. Uh, it has Bar Rescue, so I'm going to have to oh, disagree that's with you on e that one. 
evil is yeah, like late night TV Speaking shows. Of just trash, like right down the gullet. Yeah, evil and Yellowstone. <laughs> the Yellowstone universe is coming as well. That's pretty good. Okay. We, we've been told to watch that. That we've Wait heard minute, really hold good up, things. Hold up, hold up, hold up. See, yeah. this is the problem with the left. <laughs> Yellowstone is the most popular goddamn show on TV, and also one of the shows with like the best. I don't know. I, I, I would say best politics, but like he spends a lot of time high, highlighting indiz- indigenous issues, and it is about like some good old boy right wingers and cops, but it makes them all look absolutely horrible, like the worst sort of gangsters mm-hmm. in the world. So it's actually interesting show that all your mamas and your papas are watching and sharing them all and, sh- and all the shoot them up yeah. but there actually are some like decent political messages in this people gotta get into Yellowstone you gotta know what's going on with the Duddens otherwise you ha- just are not in touch with uh, real America you're not I, in touch uh, with real middle America exactly now I gotta check that show I've heard I, very I, good I, I commander hi <laughs> <laughs> <I> commander <laughs> only one eye we're not pirates here yeah we're right <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah, so so that's like a good, you know, way to get into it cuz like the reason we love Star Trek isn't just cuz we love Star Trek cuz we're big nerds. Um it's because the politics of it are super interesting and as leftists that's like an interesting thing for us to explore as much as we also like it for for other qualities that aren't related to its politics. Mm. Um but that might be the the place to start and like let's maybe get into like why Trek has had such a an impact, such an influence and where it it fits into a kind of left ethos. Mm, mm. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just say, because I think out of you guys, I think I'm the novice Trekkie, you know, like I was recording an episode with Leslie um, uh, Trek Sesh, and uh, he mentioned, like, I think you've watched, like, condensed, like, six years of TV in a couple months, which is pretty much true. <laughs> so I'm like a novice, but it's weird because I've always liked space. I've always liked the future. Um, and once I became radicalized, it was like, it kind of was obvious that I should check out Trek, but it wasn't until like a couple months ago. And for me, as like a leftist, it just sort of like, like the only way that, I mean, the only way we'll get to space or be a space faring species, if that's ever going to happen is if we, you know, we like collectivize the means of production, right? Like we have to escape this like exploitative expansionist political economic system so that we can harness the productive capacities of our society to like get there, you know? So Trek, even though I guess I've never seen the original series, but even at the time, I'm pretty sure it was like revolutionary, like pun intended for people, you know? Um, So, I mean, as a leftist, it's just kind of like, I mean, it's space communism, man. It's a post-scarcity, like, you know, like, uh, like, I mean, the first interracial kiss, 90s Trek also like broke barriers, could have done a little bit better, but broke barriers with LGBTQ issues. So it's like, if you're a leftist, then like, you know, you like these themes and you want to see them presented in a utopian way that's different from a lot of sci-fi, like Trek is where it's at, you know? Yeah, yeah. I uh, um, I, I also have always felt like, uh, you know, I've always been into the future. I go there constantly, you know, um, <laughs> uh, I'm constantly going into the future. And uh, um, and uh, uh, I, I, I think, you know, if, if you haven't watched Star Trek before, right, you know, I think that the basic premise for like enjoying the, the hour of audio that we're about to record is just the idea that Star Trek is a world where uh, there's energy is like just limitless, which powers everything from interstellar starships to matter replicators and hologram projections that basically make, you know, yeah, everything basically free. And Mm. so, and then what ends up happening is that humans uh, end up, uh, uh, connecting with other races, make a federation, and then go explore the the universe a- and each other. 
uh, uh, which is the, the premise of, of every holodeck episode. Um, uh, yeah, and, 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 and that's just, you know, like usually I think pretty, pretty beautiful. Yeah, there's yeah. the uh, overused quote by Mark Fisher that it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. And Star mm. Trek, you know, kind of takes this, it, it. it is like one of the only truly mainstream popular TV shows in the 90s and aughts that that did that. Um, and that's really I think that that's given it a lot of staying power. And it's also one of those things that like anything that can sneak socialism into people's minds is always, you know, must be protected. Um, <laughs> and I think that that is kind of where some of the failures of new track that we, you know, if we start to switch to that, we might talk about. But, you know, there are like a lot of successes and failures in new track that I think get further from the socialism and more towards issues of like identity and representation, mm. which are, of course, important, but also for you know, folk for at least for myself, uh, having come to Star Trek from like a very, I was I was a kid, you know, I was like 10, I think the first time I started watching Star Trek, it shaped my worldview in a really important way. Yeah, it really is our only major pop culture franchise that's, um, uh, that's leftist. And, and it's, it's, you know, and, and for those reasons, you know, I think we tend to be a little bit protective of its leftist qualities, because what else do we have? Like, it's this, it's, you know, none of the other major once in a while, something will happen in a, in a in another show or another movie. It'll be like, oh, that's nice. But like, this is this is it. This is our this is our space utopia, our communist space utopia. We don't get another one. It's also Absolutely. very utopian fiction in general, or utopian storytelling in general. And like, this has been the big one for so long. Yeah, and I, I wanted to branch in too. I don't know. Maybe Leslie could back me up on this. Tell me if it's bullshit or not. But um, I saw this in a Reddit post that um couldn't find the source, the original source, but apparently Gene Roddenberry. Um, one of his, uh, I don't know, one of his ex-wives said that he was a fan of communism of the Chinese variety, right? So he like like Maoism, you know. That's apparent. That's what I heard, right? <laughs> Which is like, dude, if that's the case, I mean, I have no doubts that this guy was like a comrade, you know. But if like that's the case, that like it's not just about the ideas, right? But he was also interested in a stringent political program to materialize this worldview. I think that's pretty tight, you know. I yeah, think well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, what, what would that be? A uh, space surrounds the planets, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a single landlord in Star Trek, so it yeah. doesn't yeah. Make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the Cardet. I mean, yeah, but they're not part of the Federation. See, all the aliens that aren't the part of the Federation are representations of human aspects, right? Like you got like the Klingons, even though the Klingons are pretty tight because they're honorable, but I guess they're supposed to be warlike, right? The warlike aspect of humanity. Then you got like the Romulans who are like, use cold science and logic, right? To fuck people over. Then you got the Ferengi, which, I mean, I should explain because if you guys don't watch the Ferengi, uh, problematic in a lot of ways, but <laughs> I mean, eh, but the Ferengi are basically like a hyper-capitalistic like civilization, you know? So all three of those and more alien races, I guess, they all reflect like aspects of humanity. And that's one thing I like about Trek is like, Trek is like, like, we have overcome sort of these like societal like issues, but they're reflected back to us in alien species, you know, yeah. whereas like a show like Babylon five, and I don't want to get into it because it's another show, but Babylon five is like, we take those problems with us into the 23rd century. Right. Mm -hmm. So like Star Trek is a lot more optimistic in its view of humanity, which I mean, if you're a communist or a socialist or a leftist of any type, you, you know, you think that the world can get better, you know, so kind of just gels with the with our politics you know yeah there there are like those moments usually it's put in the in the mouth of uh jean-luc picard of like um 
when he starts talking about how we how humans used to be and now we are perfected you know like uh, money is no longer the driving force of our society you know kind of thing (laughs) and and, and, you know when he says that he's like wow we could we can do that you know it's like especially when he says it to like people who are like you know freeze dried in space or whatever and and, you know get rehydrated and whatever (laughs) uh you know i I will say that you're talking about just for the audience you're talking about the last i think the last episode of the first season of next generation yeah the cryogenically yeah yeah, cryogenically frozen like group from the 21st century one of the guys is like a fucking country singer or something he's the best one though but then there are like these bankers yeah and my opinion yo like honestly when i watched it i was like yo he just shoved them out of airlock you know like (laughs) once this guy starts talking about oh i need to get on the phone so i could call my bank like dude it's been like 300 years like yeah. what the fuck are you talking about but yeah that was Irre- that was a great irre- irredeemable to a penal colony <laughs> irredeemable, yeah. just, just yeah. airlock them man yeah that's also an interesting fa- canon in star trek is that new zealand is a penal colony <laughs> yeah i, I was also the two that australia somebody said today the benches that australia was the last the last country to join the federation or the, or the united earth and all like yeah it probably makes sense yo. yeah that tracks that tracks only because the united states like dist- got destroyed itself in the third world war yeah we're not even a country anymore exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's actually very disturbing to look at the star trek timeline because we're like we're like matching it really well um, yeah <laughs> yeah because it's supposed to be it's supposed to be major riots in uh 2024 uh yeah. so, so get a hit for that um, we're almost there. We're almost yeah, there, for, yeah. For anybody who had another thing too with Trek, like delay that out. Yes, utopian, but it doesn't start off that way. I mean, like we go through a hundred years or so of series of wars, then there's like a eugenics war. You know what I'm saying? There's like mass starvation and violence, and then you get the cool shit. Then you get the replicators and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. The 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 one bit of bigotry that remains in the Star Trek universe. Well, there is some towards other aliens, uh, uh, which you see in, in, in some of the, mostly in the original series that they'll do that a lot, but, but then also, um, uh, against people who are, who are genetically altered and it is the mm-hmm. leftover, like, 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 uh, cu- cultural memory of a great war against, uh, um, genetically modified humans. In fact, in strange new worlds, we have, I think she's like a, a distant relative mm. of uh, like the big one, Khan, right? The, yeah. the, the protect the antagonist of um, uh, the second Star Trek movie, mm. Wrath of Khan. Look, I, right? I, I, I don't agree with how the cons were treated entirely, <laughs> but <laughs> like yeah, there no, were points made yeah, by, you know, the people, by the Federation. The Federation had some points. The new Strange New Worlds is like trying to make us very accepting of the genetically engineered. And I don't know. Um, I, I, oh. I I have my doubts about this. I'll see where it goes. But like we're basically so we have Khan and all his friends were assholes. So it's like 50 assholes. And then we have uh, Rebecca <laughs> Romaine and Dr. Bashir. And these are our only examples yeah. of these ex- advanced genetically modified humans and i think uh, certainly bashir was engineered by like his, his rich parents so that he yeah. could get in some prominent position and lord over us i don't know i kind of i, I kind of agree with the i actually i do agree with the pogroms yes they should have uh, gotten rid of all <laughs> I, I, I'm coming out of You're going to hear first, folks. Leslie agrees with the Bogger. <laughs> Just genetically modified humans, that is. Yeah, that was a, that was a clumsy moment, I thought, too, in the, in the episode about it. it was, I, I think this was the third episode. And it was interesting. But they were, they were uh, they stumbled on like a colony where, where the uh, genetically modified people used to live. 
Um, and then mm-hmm. you find out that Rebecca Romaine's character, who I guess is a number one, is what we're calling. I think her name is Una. Yeah, yeah, Una, number one. You know. Yeah, um, but you find out that she's a descendant of these genetically modified people, and they try to they try to make a very like it compare it to racism in a way, but it's like really not a workable analogy because it's like based on the fact that there was this terrible war because these people tried to if anything these people were yeah. the, the white supremacists up there. Yeah, they they were the master bad. race they were the master race <laughs> yeah yeah yes. that was what they were going for exactly oh shit but yes. it, aren't we being intolerant by not tolerating tolerating yeah, who's the minority now Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and, and well, i gotta say she saved the whole fucking crew though with her blood or whatever, and then you know I don't know how spoilery we're getting. I guess like we right, just, yeah. Okay, stop. If you really want to watch the whole show and not get spoiled, here's where you stop. You're just yeah. So she saves the whole fucking crew with her blood, her special blood, and then in, in the last see they take her to jail. Like, and it's a penal colony. We, I don't even know what these places are like. How much work is there? I mean, is she at least like got comfortable quarters? I need to know because this is <laughs> this is not acceptable. And apparently for like seven years, right? Because in the season finale of Strange New World is like when uh, when Pike goes into the future, seven years into the future, and he asks um, Laon, who is, I guess, like the uh, the descendant of Khan, he asks her, yo, where is Una? Where's number one? And he's like, she's like, yo, she's been at this penal colony for seven years. And I'm like, okay, dude, this and this is the thing. We've talked about the politics. And this is a show created by human beings who live under capitalism. So obviously it's going to have some fucked up shit. But it's like. Sometimes I look at the show and I'm like, I look at Trek and I'm kind of like, man, yo, the Fed are is the Federation are they good guys? Are they not imperialist expansionist like motherfuckers? Like, so what if the Ferengi or the Klingons, which they do end up joining, but what, so what? If the Romulans don't want to join the Federation, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that should be fine, but I mean, I would want to live in the Federation. But, you, know. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We actually one of the I thought was one of the really cool things about the season. We got a real look at the uh, the Vulcan uh, penal system. Which is whenever, mm. whenever yeah. Vulcan like becomes a murderer, behaves illogically and becomes a murderer and does something te- or does something terrible, they 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 are rehabilitated. These rehabilitation centers. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're challenged to chess to in the park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was like so that was you know it's unclear if that's how the feder- rest of the Federation does. Like I guess we they kind of don't. But it was like an I was like okay we're like looking at like what another species another approach could be to. Uh, you know, to when, you know, when even in a utopian society, some people choose to behave badly and do terrible things, which which would happen. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, the question of like, is the Federation the good guys? Like, I remember as a kid, uh, you know, TNG all the way and DS9 would come on afterwards. And like, I was already supposed to be in bed by now. And <laughs> honestly, just DS9 was like, it was just meaner, you know, it was just like not... It, everybody wasn't friends the whole time. And it wasn't until, you know, I got into maybe, you know, in my 20s and returned to DS9, which I hadn't liked as a child and realized like that this was the dark side of Trek, that this was like the opportunity to ask those questions of like, who really are the good guys in this mm-hmm. um, in this universe? And it turns out that like nobody is like there aren't good guys because everybody is just complicated. Uh, well, not everybody's complicated humans. Everybody's complicated beings. Um I don't know how much of that I'm hoping that the way that season one of Strange New Worlds ends will open up some of that for season two, like Mm -hmm. kind of looking at uh, how Pike moves forward in this, you know, system that he's obviously like a little bit of a a renegade and whatnot. But now that his, you know, his closest friend has been imprisoned, I'm I'm curious to see how critical of that like systemic, um, I don't know, injustice. Is it injustice? We don't know yet. 
Yeah, if he's gonna take like the Cisco route, you know, where in DS9 Cisco basically like, I mean, he did the right thing, you know what I'm saying? But like, he basically like commits war crimes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but for the goal of like, you know, like protecting the gains of the Federation, you know, like is is uh, you know, is Pike gonna like do some black ops kind of thing and break, you know, number one out of this prison or something? And we were talking about plots too. I want to mention that uh, this episode. Uh, I just watched it. Uh, what is it called? Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach, which is the sixth episode oh, yeah. of Strange New Worlds. And um, that one I found interesting because uh, that one is basically a, a, uh, an adaptation of Those Who Walk Away from a Mellus by Ursula K. Le Guin, where you have this child who is the source of the source of all the wealth and prosperity of this planet. But this child suffers, you know, or the city, I guess. But this child suffers in a dark prison like room and is fed like under a door and strange new worlds picks that up but there's this line where one of the characters says to pike um do 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 not children in your federation suffer for the prosperity of all and i guess this is also a criticism about new trek i feel like the writers whether it's in strange new worlds or like discovery of picard are Placing 21st century, and I know Truck has always done this, right? It's always been allegorical of the 21st century of our time. But when she says to him, do not children of your Federation suffer, it's like, no, because the Federation is post-scarcity. Yes. So what I guess what I'm saying is that sometimes like the writing in New Trek, including Strange New Worlds, feels a little clunky because it really feels like the writers do not have the imagination of the 23rd century. Like it feels like a little bit, like even in the first episode of Strange New Worlds, where Pike is explaining how the federation was formed right and how like you know the conflict on earth eventually got resolved and you see fucking videos of like january 6th you know what i'm saying and it was like dude okay i get it turmoil, but come on yeah. man like you're yeah. being you're being very partisan here right i you could have used an example from anything else but to make it like oh january 6th remember these fascist guys right the people that like prevented us from like fucking creating starfleet and the federation it's like i'm talking a little bit too much now but it's it's a little bit clunky sometimes well aaron yeah. I, you didn't finish discovery that means you didn't get to the oh episode my God, where yeah. it's revealed <laughs> yeah. that stacy abrams uh, is the uh, president <laughs> of the earth but a far future post-federation earth after the federation has fallen so even in their wildest imaginations they imagine that they will only rule over a fallen galaxy <laughs> one that where the best thing that ever happened to humanity has already been destroyed and gone away the, 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 only, the only thing worse than that is when your liberal friend shows that to you and they're like isn't this cool <laughs> stacy yeah or elon yeah, musk or elon yeah. musk being referenced with zephyrin cochran which is the guy oh, who invented the warp was, drive and shit that was fucking terrible fucking fighting words man yeah Holy no the, i mean the, the only reason the only way i can rationalize that in my head is that that was lorca was actually from the mirror universe it doesn't make uh, sense uh, that's what everybody says that's what yeah. everybody it's, says it's to the make only thing i feel comfortable but no no these people really revere elon musk like they really like it i'm not saying it's a good explanation it's just what i need to keep going <laughs> yeah I get that. I get oh my god the uncreativity goes to the point of i swear to god uh, captain pike is wearing a north face jacket at one point like a lot of the regular <laughs> costumes i mean like, like, all the, i mean i i i gotta be honest i didn't 
I watched a bit of Strange New Worlds. I didn't watch every minute of it. I wasn't glued to the TV. It was mm-hmm. on in the background. And a lot of the problem I had with it was most of the dialogues, interactions, and characters felt very modern. It felt like this mm-hmm. show could have been set in today and was written as if it was today. Even the comedy and the humor. Um, I had the yes. same problem with Orville, but that was obviously, you know, deliberate because it was it started off as like a sat- satirical and they had a lot of modern jokes and joke writing in it but this show it feels like it is afraid to have that kind of stoic shakespearean tone that was the signature of star trek that was how you were able to take all these silly costumes and aliens and sets and really like believe them and really feel like they were real because they er the actors were taking them seriously and they took their job that with their fictional jobs uh seriously it seems like these are like they are kind of like goof-offs and like they have the vibe of like Joss Whedon's Star yes. Trek. It was very really. Joss Whedon. I, the, the dialogue is so. It, it, people often say it's like Marvel. I'm like, but we have to like be specific about Patient Zero because it's Joss Whedon <laughs> as filtered right. through Marvel. You're right. It's very Whedon, Sorkin esque. Like, it's like, it's very quippy. And Strange New Worlds, that's why I could not watch Discovery. I could not watch. I didn't, Picard, fuck Picard. I didn't even, I watched the first episode and like, nah, but Discovery at least, I would watch an episode of each season and try to get into it. But it's like, dude, this feels like you guys are supposed to be fucking like operating on a starship. You're supposed to be military officers. You're supposed to be like stoic. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you bantering as if it's a high school lunchroom? Like, it just doesn't feel I'm now I'm talking about I came in here to be like, you know what? I like Strange New Worlds. I'm gonna give it a (laughs) shot. But it's just all of New Trek, man. It's like, I really do think that like it's a slack of character development as leslie was saying i don't want to hit i don't want to get at the actors i feel like they were given better material but it's just a different time man i mean you had like um um uh patrick stewart who's like a shakespearean actor you know what i'm saying you had shakespearean actors in alien makeup that would make i would cry you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. but then i'm watching strange new worlds and like the music starts playing because they're trying to elicit information like emotion out of you whereas in like you know uh, next generation you would just hear the hum of the warp core while like a really intense conversation is going on. This one is like, it's just, it's, there's no substance to it, you know? So I I think there's two things, right? Like Mm -hmm. one, uh, as leftists, we got to do the materialist analysis, right? (laughs) And that is that in the, in the old, in the classic tracks, um, one, they would have an open writer's room. You could send them scripts. Uh, And so you had a, a, a very wide range of like writing and the writing could also be like fairly, um, uh, uh, I, I don't know, like uh, amateurish, mm. uh, but in that, in, in, but then you also just like strike gold uh, sometimes. So like the, the, there's that. There's also like, there were so many of them, right? Like, mm. like, like the, the, the seasons are like triple almost what, what these new tracks offer. Um, and so you could have like really bad episodes and you're just like, okay, well let's move past uh, like, uh, yeah, cause there are like 20 episodes in a season. Yeah. 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 Like, or, like, or you I, even just tell people like, Oh, don't bother with season one of next generation. Just like, skip or even DS9, you could yeah. no, actually, you shouldn't cause DS9 gets into serialization, but like still you could skip over a lot of episodes in the first yeah, season. DS9 can. if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. I mean like there is an episode, like the, the right after encounter at far, far point, this, the episode right after the next, you know, the, the two part of the next generation mm. is an episode where, um, uh, uh, people from what I can only describe as Africa planet. Oh, show- oh hell yeah. That episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, they like show up and steal a white woman to add it to his harem. And then they have to fight with poison tipped highlight, like, 
things. It's it's awful, right? Yo, it, I can't believe that episode. I'm not saying they should take it down off yeah. of like Paramount. I'm not saying <laughs> but, that. You know what I mean? Like keep it up there. Yeah, you know, it is but, historical context, but it's just crazy yeah. that that shit came out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's yeah, still there. Yeah. Yeah, so like that that stuff can happen. So there's that. But then the, the, the second thing I think is also that, you know, yeah, because now you have like these really professionalized writers that always have to that like have a have a, a system and a formula that they churn out stuff that of course it's going to sound like everything else because they they um uh, they have to be able to to write for like nine different shows. They're like that's all they do, and it's a very small include uh, group of people that, that get to do this stuff. Um though I will say though that like Strange New Worlds. I'm I'm keep I'm trying to keep positive here. Is that like <laughs> they do they do elicit some like serious emotional moments? At least from me, one was definitely the you know the the episode where they they're all in a fairy tale book. That one that one's wonderful. yeah I, li- I like that one. I love but that. Then, but then also yeah. like when and again spoilers we warned you when Hammer dies in the ninth episode. It's genuinely man, funny. I, I can't. I didn't I feel sobbed. anything. Oh, I, I sobbed it. when Hammer died. Really? Oh my god. You know why I didn't. You know why I didn't feel anything? Because I just thought about it. You were just talking about it, David. Because I had 20 episodes a season to get to know these characters, to get to see them in their, like, you know, their best moments and their worst moments, right? I actually, like, developed an, uh, like, uh, just, like, like, a love and a relationship with these characters, right? How the fuck am I supposed to feel bad for Hammer? Which is really tight, actually, that they went back to Star Trek Enterprise to bring up this other like sub race or whatever of the Andorians. I thought yeah. that was really cool because yeah. I also like Enterprise a lot. But he dies in the season finale, and like they make it the scene where he like falls out of like the aircraft or whatever, and the sun. There's a ray of he's like caught suspended in the sunbeam as he's falling to the earth, and you're supposed to like be sad about it. But it's like yo, I only saw you for like. Like collectively over that first season, you had like maybe twenty minutes of speaking time. You know what I'm saying like you seem like a cool character, but give me twenty episodes, and over time maybe then I'll saw. But I, I no, think it, I think it helps that uh, Hammer plays a huge role in the episode before the Elysian Kingdom, mm. like that, mm. and yeah. he, you know, is ve- he's a really important part of this. Another very like you know, um, just emotional moment at the end of that mm. episode when his daughter joins the nebula and it's all very, you know, mm. it's, it's silly when you describe it. And it is kind of, speaking it of funky so writing, I just got to get this off my chest. The fact that Rukia, his daughter, like is taken away and then almost instantly like brought back as an adult. So I guess she can like comfort her father that he made the right decision. It's just like instant gratification. Like you have no patience for yeah. ambiguity or for him yes. to like have to move through the world and wonder if that was the right thing to do or not. But anyway, Hemmer's like performance in that moment is really, I thought very evocative. And I wonder if that's maybe what primed me to feel hmm. um, like, like very, very sad, you know, discovery and Picard, there are a lot of deaths in those shows that are not deserved. Like you do not deserve my emotions from that, especially Picard. <laughs> um, but I did feel like Hammer was, was dealt with really well. And yeah, yeah I felt something. Yeah, I actually can ask quiet, you know. sorry like, oh, I, I yeah. just didn't you know it's it's it was a uh, they were they were doing the whole episode was kind of bogus because that particular episode where Hammer dies they're doing uh they were doing alien mm. uh, poorly. Yes. But I was like yeah. yeah we had chestburster aliens from the movie Alien. I, I've seen Alien. Mm. Uh, Ripley none of you are um, and so, so he's he's suddenly been infected with the aliens from Alien, and then he's like, no, no, no. And they're like, we can help you because we have like super technology because it's Star mm. Trek. And then he's like, no, there's no time. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't buy that. <laughs> totally bought that because the the premise is like that the Gorn, you know, they reproduce extremely rapidly, and it depends on what alien species is their host. Okay. Yeah, so they didn't yeah. know how much time they had. 
But they have technology. They could do something. It was very like, no, 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 there's no time. I'm well, sorry, think, my contract Well, because the Gorn, the, the Gorn had, they had their, their biolo- biological, biological system was uh, evolved to the point where you could not detect them with any like instruments or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess like, I will also say too, I'm kind of like Picard. I, it's not that I hate kids. I don't really like kids in shows, right? Like, yeah. I don't, unless you're a good kid actor, like the kids from Stranger Things, whatever you feel about that show, yo, those kids are awesome, right? I did not like Okay, so the doctors, right? Trek doctors always, everyone has their favorite doctor, right? Strange New Worlds, I don't know the actor's name, um, black guy, I'm assuming he's somewhere, from somewhere in Africa, um, but he's, I think he's a good actor. I, I think he's, he's not, well, he's all right in the show, right? But I possibly gotten better material, he could be great. I just did not like the relate the whole daughter thing. First of all, again, I don't like kids and shows like that. But also too, it was another thing where it's like, I'm supposed to feel bad for his daughter because she has like a terminal illness, which like, she has to be kept in like a, the transporter or whatever like that. How could they not keep Hammer gets... in the transporter? Oh, yeah. that they or got technology. It was, That's what I was saying. But I'm it was saying. also just like it was just like yo, I don't really feel bad for this little girl or her father <laughs> because you haven't given me enough time to care about these characters. She's just a little girl, so that's why I'm supposed to care because she's a little girl. You know what I'm saying? She's cute, which well, she is. She's adorable. But again, I think like a lot of this could be mitigated. Not even just with the writing, man. I think just give it like 20 episodes, man. Like it's it's on Paramount Plus. You have billions of dollars. Like there's no reason why you can't just make of even a 15 episode like season of this thing, you know, but you know, I digress. The show, it's funny because the show is and sometimes it's it's can be really good. And it's other times they seem very afraid to try things that are new. Like yeah. the Ursula Le Guin episode. I, I mean I, I loved it because it's an Ursula Le Guin episode, but you know, it's interesting that they didn't credit her at all. Which is yeah. like it's like very obviously based on her ideas, and then they you know they did aliens, you know, mm-hmm. you know Ridley Scott's aliens, you know it's, it's you know, and then and then the final episode is is a sort of a retread of a classic TOS episode, and you know it's an interesting interpretation, but it's at a certain point like you know if they did more episodes, they'd also have to do more new things instead That's of just true. stealing or older ideas. And That's I don't true. know. I'm, I bet the writers could handle it because you know, again, the things I like about the fairy tale episode is it's it's a it's thematically consistent, and even like the the kid showing up at the end as is, is a grown woman is is itself a fairy tale. It's a fantasy about like being able to save your child, mm. which is like not possible. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but like that's so true. They, I didn't think of that. Yeah. So there's oh. there's room for them to like do some actual good writing, but will they be allowed to? Given the constraints, given that Paramount is here to have a Star Trek show on all the time, so that you will subscribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah 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 i mean yeah i mean you know i'm just interested too to see where like um you know i know we're talking about the show but the, the season finale where apparently like it's alluded to that there's going to be a, like a war with the romulans but i guess this isn't this is like seven years and like um una gets taken and it's like you know are they gonna i hope they stick with the uh episodic format because that was another difference with strange new worlds right so all of the other new trek was um was I guess serialized, you know, so it was all like this kind of like plot that went throughout the seasons and episodes, which isn't really new to Trek. I mean, DS9 did it, right? Yeah. But DS9 did it better, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then, yep. then I guess like because I think DS9, I'm not sure. Maybe you guys can correct me, but I think DS9 at least they had some episodes planned out ahead of time. Oh, I would yeah. hear in Strange and Worlds that the writers like and basically they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. You know what I'm saying? Which is why, like, it, you know, there are some plots that don't really close and, like, you know, things aren't resolved. So, like, I'm just worried that Strange New Worlds, like, I want them to keep doing episodic. But to con- if they can care, have a thread, I guess, a narrative thread throughout without sort of, like, beating you over the head with it, that'd be nice. You know what I mean? 
So in the season finale, you can have some resolution of whatever was going on behind the scenes, right, throughout the season. So hopefully yeah. they do that. Uh, uh, um, uh, you know what really uh, uh, grinds my self-sealing stem bolts is, um, <laughs> you know, the... the <laughs> Such a good episode. <laughs> no, that, yeah. was a good, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one, yeah, that was a good one right? right um, good. Uh, if, you, if you don't know what I'm saying, you just have to keep watching Star Trek until that joke makes sense. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Fate worse yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, is that, you know, one thing that I like that Strange New Worlds is doing that all the other new treks, except for lower decks, don't like, like, like keep making this mistake that I'm about to describe is that, um, you know, like they, they, they have this obsession with trauma, with like personal trauma mm. in these new treks that in Strange New Worlds, they have traumas, right? Like uh, um, families are are, 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 just, are dead and they're like, oh, I ran to Starfleet because, you know, like her parents are dead and, mm-hmm. and, and and Pike knows the exact moment and when and how he dies, right? And he, mm-hmm. he's fucked up because of that, you know, but, but, but then they put that aside or they talk about it for a while and then like mm-hmm. it, it drives other character development or other plots, but you don't have like, like 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 Michael Burnham just like crying like face up crying for like like five minutes while the music is soaring for no yeah. reason oh no, he's incongruous really? <laughs> it's just like what? and she's just like spiraling in space and she's like crying and laughing or something and just I mean like she, like obviously Sequoia Martin Green's like an incredible actress like like she, she can like sell it but uh. it's but it's like but I'm like why why are you sad right now <laughs> we deserve in space so much yeah. exactly yeah. space is cool they're there because they I- want to be there yeah, I actually don't think she's that good of an actress. I actually think she's quite bad in this and The Walking Dead. Quite bad, unfortunately. She she seems like she could be good with the right material, but not the material she's getting. But actually, one of the things I, I disliked about Strange New World, I thought there was way, way, way too much trauma. I guess there's more in Discovery, ah, but like far, far I, was more. Sick, <laughs> yes. I was sick of hearing about Pike's shit like after the first episode. I was like, okay, <laughs> you got your backstory. First episode, we'll pick this up in the next season or maybe in the season finale. Finale. I didn't know that like the very next episode he was going to be giving like a PowerPoint presentation about like his future <laughs> death. He literally does this like the first meeting, the first people he's in front of. He says, I had a vision of my own death. It's happening in 10 years. I want to die in pain and suffering. And today that's why I wanted to talk to you about whatever. It's so, it was so strange. They kept coming back to it. I thought it was just going to be the premise of the show. And in old TV shows, like a lot of times don't pr- premises would just get dropped because it was the pilot episode yes. so you wouldn't even pick it up until you know next season or maybe never at all but this show is not like a traditional tv show it's not made like the, the old treks are and it kind of is the form kind of limits its ability to be mm. a proper star trek show because as we've been saying you need 20 episodes of the season can't be just the 10 um you have to you need to t- spend more time on it you need to put out episodes hear the fan reactions and then adjust the characters the interactions uh i could tell like when you the with the modern streaming shows it's like if something is bad in the first episode it's going to be bad in every single episode that season because there's no time for feedback they just shoot them straight through all written by the same person all a lot of time directed by the same people no no variety no diversity i mean you know they can try to mix up but at the end of the day it's like the streaming you know the streaming wars have so t- have twisted what TV 
was into something completely different. And it's hard for a show like Star Trek to really live and breathe in a world in this modern world of TV uh, making. Certainly Strange New Worlds is the best attempt at that by far. But like, as you said, like one of the episodes and one of the best episodes is just a ripoff of a short story, you know, from Ursula Le Guin. So it's like how like if that's the level of creativity they have with 10 episodes, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are they making the show? Like what like you should have a little bit more to do to say with Star Trek even the idea that it's like a backdoor pilot for something for like a spinoff character, prequel character who died, you know, ages ago in mm-hmm. Star Trek is like, what are you doing? That's new. Why yeah. are you making this show other than Paramount plus needs content, no matter what creative you creativity you put into it. But frankly, when I see the Orville, which is a show I have a lot of issues with, that is a lot closer to a Star Trek show than even Strange New Worlds. It's certainly much closer than Discovery or um, Picard. And I don't even like that show, but they hire those Star Trek rest, uh, writers. Mm-hmm. They like do some episodic, of the actors too. They, uh, they do episodic uh, stories. They even though they have all of this goofy humor, they at least there's some approximation of the tone of Star Trek that you don't really get in the new Trek, which I think all is, is strangely, they all have an aesthetic of the video games that were inspired by Star Trek, as opposed to Star <laughs> Trek. especially Discovery just looks like Mass Effect almost. Oh my like God. That. <laughs> yo, actually, yeah, actually, yo, that's a really good point, man. Like, especially like, I mean, everything you said, but especially like the streaming, right? Like, I feel like, and maybe this is like a problem too, where I feel like um, like everything is trying to be prestige TV now, you know? Like everything is trying to have this glossy like veneer of this like high, yeah, a glossiness of this high, uh, high value, high quality value production or whatever. And it's like, it's like, you know, I think that like Trek, not only did it have, 90s Trek, not only did it have the 20 episodes a season, but it also didn't take itself too seriously. You know what I mean? That's why you'd have episodes where like, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Voyager, distant or not distant origin. Um, there's another one where Janeway and like one of the lieutenants turn into like amphibian like creatures. Yes. I mean, just like I mean, I, I haven't watched the original, so I know there are terrible episodes too. I'm just thinking of the '90s shows. I mean, even the Next Generation, like the episode where Tasha Yar dies and she gets inexplicably inexplicably dies after getting hit with like this fucking sentient black goo. I mean, it's just terrible. But like, then the episode after that would be a fucking banger. You know what I'm saying? Where like, you know, Picard is like serving as Data's fucking lawyer, right? To like, you know, explain like how he's a human (laughs) sentient being. You know what I mean? And it's like, I can't imagine that Strange New Worlds with the with the streaming, with streaming in mind and with this prestige TV kind of in mind, that they would try to do something like that. And also too, Leslie brought up like like Michael Burnham and Pike in this one. You immediately, you immediately get like trauma dumped. Like they trauma dump you immediately, right? Within the first couple episodes. Red Bro, flag. I had no idea about Picard, his <laughs> background. I don't even think Picard's history was never even fucking explained. No, right? it wasn't. Like no. it was never explained. It's just like, oh, dude, this is like the fucking captain of the starship. You like, can, okay, yeah. word, well, I'm on board. He doesn't like kids. Okay, cool. And that's all you know about him, man. Yeah, I mean, he you had know? like weird, mysterious shit that like he was clearly like not a, not like a jolly fellow. And, you yeah. know, it was like it was hinted at that maybe he had a rough childhood. But no, but not nothing on the order of what is unveiled yeah. in Picard. You do yeah, get and things the, like he, reason- uh, his heart. You know, he had a he had a fight when he was a, a, a teenager, young adult. And then he, he um, 
you know, he, he got into a fight with an Oscar in the artificial heart. But there, there are things that are happened to him, but he's not defined by his trauma. Exactly. He doesn't enter the story as a, um, which is something Picard does in a, Picard the show goes in a completely different direction and defines it entirely yeah. by this childhood trauma. Yeah. And the thing in, um, the thing about Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry, and this is, you know, everybody's talked about this before, is like he thought that humans had gotten past interpersonal conflict mm-hmm. by, and that's, and he did not want interpersonal conflicts on the show. Um, and this was a big fight in the early seasons of Next Generation because how you make a TV show without that? Well, you have to think, you have to come up with stories and scenarios and have them ponder moral questions instead of just what is my trauma? Why am I upset with you about this? Now, there's plenty of that, you know, in Next Generation in Star Trek, but it's rarely like the focus and whatever problems they have, they are able to deal with and get over uh, fairly quickly. Like the episode where Data tries to uh, murder um, was was it Beverly or was it like he tries to stab her in the eye? Yeah, yeah, Beverly. Yeah, yeah he stabs her in the, the shoulder or something. Yeah, yeah. He, he tries to stab her in the eye, and like they have a work meeting about it in the next scene. You know, it's not <laughs> that's not how they would do it in this episode in, in the new in, in the new track. They would just handle it a lot a lot differently. And I just I don't know. I, I and also you you were missing mentioned uh, gloss, Aaron. And I have mm. a theory, and I think it's never felt mm. good sci fi. Is Matt bad yes. sci-fi is gloss, bro? Ugh. Battlestar Galactica, Matt Babylon yes. Five, Matt. Uh, what else get out there? I mean, like, like the Expanse, Force mm. Awakens, gloss. The, the Expanse started out Matt, then also went to Amazon. A lot of gloss now. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The huh. gloss parts are bad, yes, but it, wow. it has some Matt too. Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting theory. I, yeah. yeah, because like, yeah, the Enterprise D looks like a library, right? And, the, and like. <laughs> Whereas Discovery, Discovery looks like a like a fuck pad. Like they like I, yeah. I right like I don't know how anyone gets work done. But they have like fires, they, like like fireplaces yeah. all over. There's a fire pit in his uh, captain. Yeah, yeah. It's like like what are you are you doing work you're here? A like, you're a starship dog. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like why you got fire? It's a fire hazard. Yeah, man. but but you... I, <laughs> I, I I do the want to um uh uh we, we have something in the in the in the um. Mm. Uh, the our, our document here about uh, what works. So, like, what works in this in this show? We we, we oh, definitely. I, I one thing that I think work works uh, pretty well, and this is purely aesthetic. Is it? And it's actually, I I can't believe I'm saying this. It was it was introduced in the those 2009 J.J. Abrams movies. I th- oh, I the think Kel- the Kelvin universe. Yeah, yeah. That. Um, has now been like held on in these new ones that I, I just like the aesthetic of it is when pe- when it when they have a ship come out of warp mm. and then stop it's just mm. like this streak of light and then and then like they, it's like a yeah. like a bap sound and then the sh- yeah. ship's just there I, yeah. there's something like aesthetic about it that I I'm glad they kept it and I like it um uh and, and I do appreciate the you uh you're talking about like like the not taking show yourself seriously like star trek mm. should take itself seriously i think one of the things that I, the first thing i noticed about strange new worlds that i thought was good was the self-deprecation like it would take moments to like make fun of like captain pike's hair like first they yeah. set up the fact that mm. captain pike has like a perfect coif mm-hmm. right that's like five feet tall yeah. and then they make fun of it right yeah. and like i i think i feel like that 
was mi- definitely missing from discovery where he's like he's like you just like it, it felt like if you laughed at any part of that show someone would be like why are you laughing at my trauma really right really? yo I, really i think i think in discovery actually i kind of agree with you in like one way where yes like everybody <laughs> seemed to get like way too upset about i mean it's just like a lot of like like i mean the trauma like conflict and drama and stuff but I feel like they were cracking jokes all the time, man, when it wasn't like I would think about. And again, I don't mean to compare, but I have to. And Next Generation, man, if you made fun of like, you know, Picard's bald ass head or some shit like that, like he would throw your ass in the bridge. You know what I'm saying? Like you work on a star. Again, you yeah, work on yeah, a work. starship, dog. It's true. I don't know. I mean, I don't I, I think that there is a lot of like chide of like not chiding, but like poking at each other. And there's like a friend. There's a friendship among especially the bridge crew where everybody's mm. kind of constantly making fun of each other. I mean, shut up, Wesley was like, you know, actually. Apparently- oh, that wasn't making fun. He was mad. No, and he still has a bone to pick about. It. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, but I think like that there was going a good... to Riza in a, in a speedo, like. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, when he yeah, went to Riza, all he wanted to do was read the whole time, right? But like, he didn't want to do anything, you know. And I think that this goes back to the problem of the number of episodes. Is that mm-hmm. Next Generation and and other Trek series, they have enough episodes where they can do both, and it's easy for us looking back at it to say like, no, they were more serious, or no, there were a lot of antics. But it's actually just because there was more of it, and so there was yeah. both. That's true. Yeah. Like That's in true. in the in the spot episode when he says this is getting dangerously close to antics and nurse chapel replies who doesn't love antics that is like that that is something from like especially original series track that is like mm-hmm. just these kind of goofy like funny things these mm-hmm. you know these these antics and it brought some of that back which i think is probably my favorite thing about strange new worlds is that like it is mm-hmm. very playful yeah i think yeah. the difference might be professionalism whether or not mm. you believe that these, because like uh, DS9 is really witty. Um, that's a really good very show witty. for yeah, yeah. characters ragging. There was, was actually a lot of humor in that show. Yeah, like, yeah. Very funny. Yeah, it's, it's, really, the, it's the style of humor and the mm-hmm. quality of humor and like yes. how natural it feels maybe to reality, how close it feels to like the genre conventions. Because I think the, the humor in Deep Space Nine, there's no joke in there that makes you, that kind of takes you out of the show. And yes. makes you think like, they would they really say that? Would they really do that? Would they really act like that on the bridge? It's like, no, it makes the jokes that they make or the characters that the joke, that the char- the jokes that the characters would make if they lived in the real world, they're not just a riff, which I think we get is most of the humor we see in almost anything is trying to make like a joke about the situation that kind of disregards the actual characters involved. It's like a podcast. Yes, it's like a podcast. (laughs) Oh, no, no, we're the problem. Podcast dialogue (laughs) is probably the number one thing. I actually realized this. I I forget who, but it was one comedian I was watching his stand-up special for, and it's like his pace was entirely off. I was Paul F. Tompkins. I'm Mm. not knocking him as a guy. He's a funny guy, a very funny guy. But his new special, like, it wasn't that funny. It didn't work because he had spent the past 10 years doing podcasts. And you talk a lot slower (laughs) and tell jokes a lot slower on podcasts. So his cadence was all off. And I feel like, yeah, like like the the tone of, like, a lot of these things is, like, the jokes you would make on a podcast. Because when you're on a podcast, you're just trying to be funny and not, like, trying to show your real personality. You don't really maybe don't feel like you're really at work, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I will say the one thing that, um, in that regard, you were talking about DS9 and like the, the winningness in DS9. And I was thinking about the, the crew. Right. And I will say that when I watched discovery, 
I do not. I was telling you light in the chat in the DMs. I didn't know any of the crew members' name. I didn't know. It was just the Michael Burnham show, right? Oh, that yeah. was it, right? I didn't know anybody else's name. It was also the chick with the robot thing and the short hair, whatever. Penis alien. One, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, the character style a lot of that. Alias Sulu, I guess was his name. Peru, like, no, yeah. no, that's not Sulu. That's Suru. That's I'm thinking yeah, of the yeah. original. Yeah. But one thing I did like with uh, Strange New Worlds, I liked the crew a lot more. Um, I knew their names. I felt like they got along better. I mean, it was just like it felt more organic. You know, I love, and I guess this is this kind of like Joss Whedon-ish Firefly type of shit. But Erica, I forget the actress' name, but the Helms, the Helmsman. I love her, man. I loved like her little quips. Awesome. I thought she was funny. She was awesome. So I did like, I did like the characters and their dynamic a lot more than New Trek. And also, I mean, it probably goes without saying, but dude, I mean, if you're watching the space show. I mean, it just looked fucking cool, right? Yes, it was glossy, I'm not gonna lie. But that opening, you know, where like they're just flying through strange anomalies and shit like that, and a lot of the show, like it just looks cool. And I guess we get that because we're living in 2022 where you get that, like, you know, those high dynamic special effects where, you know, you're watching the original series, it's like a little toy floating in black space, you know? So this show, even though it had gloss, which like you said, Leslie, gloss is always an indicator that this is gonna be shit, it... It was gloss in a way where I was like, okay, like this looks cool. And, you know, to be fair, the Enterprise did have some dings on it. You know, it wasn't like perfect. You know what I mean? It was a little fucked up. So visually, character wise, I liked, I did like, I did like uh, Stranger Worlds for those reasons. I actually think Not a key lie. thing about um, contemporary sci fi versus previous sci fi, which actually Stranger Worlds did a really good job with, is that um, older sci fi uh, technology doesn't work a lot of the time, it breaks. Mm, like yeah. Millennium Falcon is a piece of shit and like that's like part of the charm and like the you know the, the old enterprises used to break down a lot but something I've noticed in Discovery, Picard and a lot of the newer tracks really they really don't have technical problems too much or it's that's not a major driving factor of the plot mm, um, and yeah. yeah in Strange New Worlds we had we had that this the ship didn't work sometimes and it was a big fucking mm. problem because they're in space and when things don't work that's a big old problem it's actually yeah. dangerous out there but which is yeah. part of why they have to be calm and professional too because you know, they know where they are. Yeah, yeah. If if we had the space for it, right? If we had the 30 episodes we keep asking for, you could have an entire episode where they try to do a meeting, but the Zoom doesn't work, right? The video <laughs> conferencing doesn't work. You could do a I mean, whole episode. Literally holodeck. Those are holodeck yeah. episodes. Right. It's, ho- it's a holodeck. Yeah. Voyager. It's literally yeah. what yeah. it is. You know it's like, what if like the, the, you know, the, the, the background that you choose becomes real? Oh, no, I'm on yeah. the beach. Well, <laughs> one thing I did. Awful. One thing I did like about this too, um, I like the, I really like the, I didn't really like, I gotta stop, I gotta, cause I'm talking to y'all and I'm like, yo, y'all saying things that are things I like, but then I watch by myself, I'm like, yo, I kinda hate this shit. But I kinda, I kinda, it's like being a Catholic, bro. It's like being a Catholic. It's like, it's self-flagellation. I'm like, I'm like, yo, why am I watching this? You know what? Like, I'll say this. It's like, it's, how can I put it? How can I put it in a way that, like, I saw Will Menneker uh, said something where it's like, if you are like used to like like mistreatment, you know what I'm saying? Like horrible mistreatment. I don't want to get too serious about it, but just mistreatment, right? When it's when it's mild mistreatment, it's actually welcome, which is what Strange New Worlds is, right? Yeah. Like it's like yeah. you've been beating me over the head since <laughs> Enterprise, which I liked Enterprise, but you've been beating me over the head, right? Kelvin Universe, eh. but then New Trek, terrible, and then finally. It's like, okay, you Anson Mount as Pike, okay, I'll fuck with that. As versus uh, Michael Burnham, sure. Then you have like all these little kind of throwbacks. I'm like, all right, man, this is not where it should be yet. And it'll never get there. But at least like I can watch an episode 
and like, no, I could be on my, I do look away and I'm on my phone, but okay. I can like, I, I like these episodes a lot more than I like anything else from, um, from new Trek. And also I wanted to mention too, I like the costumes, man. I like the technology. Like I like the fact that it's supposed to be 10 years before the original series. So a lot of the tech, I mean, it's an updated version of the sixties, you know, instead of like, you know, discovery where they fucked off and went to the, like the, a thousand years in the future where it's like, everything just looks again, like you said, Leslie gloss. It's like, nah, man, bring it back to basics. You know, like I want this thing to look like a retro futuristic, like, you know what I'm saying? Like something that would come out in the seventies, the way they thought the future would look like by now, you know? Yeah. They kept some cool, like kind of, uh, obviously not like analog tech, like holding onto the thing in the, in the lift and having to say where you want to go and, you know, the scanners, like some of it actually does. Cause I, when I saw that they were coming out with like a reboot of, um, original series, I was like, well, how are they, how are they slash are they even going to deal with the fact that the technology is like incredibly different from what else new trek has been doing um and Mm -hmm. i i thought that they actually struck pretty good balance between like not looking absurd and also trying to remember that you know this is based on a tv show where they were like holding cardboard boxes at each other to you know try to indicate something yeah yeah and not introducing bullshit like the spore drive from i know i know we're talking about stranger worlds but i just have to bring that spore drive dog if the the store was called star trek bro you're supposed to be trekking through the galaxy. If you can get there instantly, instantaneously, anywhere you want, that takes, you know what I'm saying? It just takes the fun and the journey out of the fucking show. The it's, discovery it's, a, it's not st- the star fast travel, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. It's also just exactly. an absurdly sophisticated technology to retcon into the fucking beginning of the series. Like that yeah, because then what happened to Janeway, bro? Why, why, why Janeway didn't get the, why Janeway didn't get the spore drop, you know, <laughs> instead of running red lights to get back to the Alpha Quadrant, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, dude. Yeah, that shit didn't make any sense at all. It didn't make any fucking sense. Which is why, again, Strange New Worlds, I gotta say, it seems like the writers have a little bit more respect, a little bit more, in some ways, in a lot of ways, it's, again, it's not gonna go back to next generation, it's not gonna be like the 90s shows, I've never watched the original series, but at least they respect the lore. You know what I'm saying? They're not doing some shit like the Discovery writers where they're like, oh, you this you love this franchise? We're going to fuck up everything that you loved about it. You know what I'm saying? For a new audience or generation, which is like, dude, like, yo, man, I mean, I wouldn't go back and watch the original series, but I mean, I mean, I'm 31. So when the 90s shows came out, like, it makes sense that I would watch them. But dude, like, I still love those shows, right? They're still enjoyable to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a new generation can enjoy those shows. You don't have to try to reinvent the wheel because like... Everyone's into Marvel movies now, right? Everyone's into this quippy dialogue and shit like this, right? You can like, I don't know, man. You can harken back to like what made the shit great. But, you know, we'll see if they do that in the second season. I doubt it, but I'll still watch that garbage though. I will. Oh, I will watch that. <laughs> I, I ain't garbage. Watch that it's, trash. It's, it's, it ain't trash. It's, it's just getting there. You know, it's all right. It's whatever. Oh, man, that line about it being like Catholicism is so true. It's, yes. It's, it's, we love it. So this is punishment we put ourselves through. Yeah, it, it, it remains interesting, though, that the one thing Trek really hasn't... I mean, technically, Picard is set after um, it's set after Deep Space Nine, set after Voyager. But it's mm. so stupid that it, it barely counts. Um, it's really... Star Trek does, will not go forward. They have rebooted with the J.J. The Abrams movies in the Kelvin timeline. Then Discovery was technically set in the past. And then they zoomed a thousand years to the future. So they didn't have to deal with any of the world that's kind of laid out. Because I think I think uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager kind of threw down a gauntlet about where the Federation could go next, and like yeah, making it darker, making it more difficult, and and you know what does it mean to have a utopia and preserve it? 
And every other Star Trek show is running away screaming from having to actually deal That's with that. That's such a good point. Because yeah. nobody can imagine, maybe it's a deeper point, but like, no, there's futurelessness, right? Like, nobody can imagine a future. So it's like, yo, that's such a good point, right? Because like, I've always wondered that it's like Enterprise was the first to do it, you know, because Enterprise goes back. But I was okay with that because I mean, I mean, I guess prequels weren't really, I mean, I guess they were, they've always been a thing, but it seemed fresh and novel at the time, you know, you know, and I was fine with that, even though Enterprise had its problems being 9-11 Star Trek, whatever, but you know, Bush Trek, but like. You're absolutely right. It's like you, you. Bush had, Trek sounds like something out. else. I just got to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you laid out this entire world for 60 years, but motherfuckers never seem to get beyond the 23rd century. And then when they do, it's a gimmick because the writer, like in Discovery, because the writers literally can't come up with anything new, you know? That's such a good point, man. That's actually really depressing, too, actually. Yeah. It, I mean, ultimately, Gene Roddenberry came up with star trek you know 50 60 years ago like what do these new writers have to say like is it actually their dream to write like a dead property for paramount if it is they're not very good writers and they should not be given millions of dollars to make TV. (laughs) they should be trying to come up with what their version of star trek is or even if they're gonna like if they are going to do star trek push it forward even gene ronberry tried to um g have you heard of the show andromeda starring kevin sorbo i remember that show used to be on upn9 i remember Based on, you know, Gene Ryanberry's notes, apparently, and the premise of it is uh, the Federation falls. One Captain Kirk gets sent into the future with the Enterprise basically by himself. Uh, The stand in is Kevin Sorbo. The Klingons have, you know, and the Vulcans have betrayed the Federation. Everything's gone to shit. It's been 300 years. And it's just him and this one ship trying to bring together this universe. And about at least the first in the season is about how he has to work with. You know, these criminals and these pirates and one by one, he kind of wins people over to this vision of the future one more time. Mm. And that's kind of the premise of the show. It didn't quite get there because Kevin Sorbo kind of took over the show uh, himself eventually. (laughs) I I don't know if it was him personally, but like more like the character took off. So people want to make him more like Hercules, more like Xena, more like a a hero show as opposed to a kind of dark exploration of what it would mean for the Federation to fall and how fucked up things uh, could get. And it's very interesting. But like, as you said, like that could be a Star Trek show in and of itself. I but then like Discovery, I guess, tries to do it, but it's like a one season arc, you know, it's not mm. like the actual premise for really exploring Star Trek. It's just the next twist for Michael and friends, you know, that's, at mm. least that's how I felt about it. it. Didn't really have it didn't really have anything to say. It's just like they're just coming up with the next season of whatever Star Trek thing is going on straight. Like as soon as strange, strange new worlds just finished, lower decks is coming back, you know, mm-hmm. in a few weeks, I like the show, but like it is at a certain point, it is just content. It's a writer. It's a staff of writers who are from like different, you know, play who just come to LA cause they want a job and they're writing. <laughs> and one of the jobs is right. It was writing cartoons and you write Star Trek. Cause that a uh, Star Trek adult cartoon is open on stream. These are not it's not like the product of like a group of creatives who really want to be making this content, even if they're fans of like the lore and know all this stuff. And they really do. They dive in. But Mm -hmm. it's like it is it's not like a I don't know. It's not really, truly what I would like a create truly creative, artistic 
endeavor. It is just, you know, content at this point, Star Trek is. And obviously, I mean, it's silly to even have to explain this because it was given to J.J. Abrams, you know, yes, like yes. who has never made anything artistic in his life. Yes. Yes. No, that's it, man. I mean, that's I think, you know, I think like I when I watched the Kelvin universe like those and I watched them again recently when I first saw them. I mean, I liked them when I first saw them. Right. But I never watched Trek before that. I went back and watched them Ooh. after watching the 90s series, and it was fucking brutal, dog. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this makes so much sense. I mean, literally, like I said before, like Prestige TV, not only Prestige TV, but they're trying, the new Trek is trying to be Abrams Trek. It's trying to be the Kelvin universe, right? And it's like, dude, you can't really do, I mean, I guess you can do that, but I don't know. I would watch a show like Battlestar Galactica. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd watch a show like that. I don't want to yeah. watch. You know, I don't want to watch. I want to watch something. That's why I really did like, and if we're talking about good things, because I'm trying to be dialectical here, you know, because I could be like, yo, I fucking don't really like the show, but again, keep drinking that garbage. But I did like, I did like the fairy tale episode because that felt more like, I mean, not even like a TNG episode, I guess, more like a weird Voyager episode probably or something like that. You know what I mean? But like, I like that because it was like, yeah, we're just going to do something insane, you know? But then they did fuck it up at the end by making his daughter taken away by some cosmic entity and then coming back in his adult. It was like, yo, you could have cut the last 15 minutes off and made it 30 minutes with them just walking around in the ship as a castle, and I would have loved it. But you're right, Leslie. It's like, what are, at least in Lower Decks, I feel like the writers are paying homage to Trek, and they respect it a little bit. It's like a love letter with Discovery, with... Well, Picard's ending, but Discovery, which I hope that ends soon too. I think it will. But it's like there's no vision, you know. There's no, there's no what happens after. We keep going back ten years before the original series, a hundred years before the original series. The next thing they're gonna do is like the fucking Bell Rise and the Eugenics War, right? Which I, I ain't gonna lie, that would be a cool. I would watch that shit. I would watch that shit. But see, this is the problem, y'all. Is that right. like we yeah. we just we we need to like put we need to put like our foot down and be like, yo, I'm not watching. No, that's never going to happen. I'm no, it's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> we're, we're the there, problem. There's some like the half formed thought about nostalgia and like wh why people in our generation are so fucked up that like mostly what we want is to remember things the way that they were when we were kids and we felt safe and everything was nice. And I do think mm -hmm. that that is a problem with New Trek is that it is trying to uh, both appeal to that audience, the audience that remembers Trek, that grew up with it, that uh, will watch anything because. When I watched the new Picard trailer and fucking Dr. Beverly Crusher showed up. Oh, I'm watching that shit, Oh, dog. yeah. I, I mean, God I'm sorry. Like, is I'm, she really? I'm, yes. Yeah. I'm watching They're it. All I'm watching it. it. Yeah. And then uh, I've trying... never seen any of Picard, but I, I will gotcha. watch that. Picard, season. Is the worst. <laughs> Picard is for real the worst show I've ever seen. I think Discovery. I hated Discovery more, it. but... It's, but it's, it's a like, toss up to be fair. They don't have to give us anything good. They can just give us the slop because look, yeah, look, piggies, right. you want it, don't you? And I do. And I'm <laughs> sorry. I do. I do want it. I would eat from the trough <laughs> gladly, bro. Yeah. Like Beverly's back. Fucking um, um, Worf is back. Worf dude. is back. Uh, and they're all gray and shit Jordy like that. LaForge, they, yeah. God dude, damn. Jordy and Jordy doesn't have the visor anymore and shit, man. Honestly, they could have put the, they should have just been like, hey, even though technology has advanced, even in our universe, he still has the visor because he likes it old school, you know? But like. You're absolutely right. You're right. Because it's like what they do is like, and I feel like Discovery tried to do, I, I hate that we keep, I keep going back to Discovery, but I think aside from, as a, in comparison with Strange New Worlds, Discovery tried to kind of do that where you find out that Michael Burnham is actually like fucking Spock's sister. So they tried I to throw these Easter yeah. eggs out uh, because they want you to watch this shit because right, they're like, yeah. oh, you know this shit, right? You know this yeah. shit. But at least Strange New Worlds, it's like, 
they're like doing it lightly, right? Like teasing. They're not just throwing you this like a carrot and dangling. It's like, oh, you're gonna like this shit because that Burnham well, Spock they, thing made no sense. Oh, well, they oh. did say that Cap that Kirk's cousin was on the Enterprise, and they and they do actually break a few rules because in order to update the show, because when Pike's on the Enterprise in the the TOS, I think he says at some point, oh, I'll never get used to women on the bridge, and mm. like ma- the majority, <laughs> yeah, of yeah, 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 that's <laughs> in strange worlds are women so yes. there are a little bit a few little uh things they had to change and update but again that is only a problem when you insist on doing prequels that is yes, only a yes, problem when you yes. insist on doing the prequels when you move it forward when you explore things i swear to god i bet the reason that they're folk i i would think the reason that they're fo- so limited in scope is because of course akiva and jj have worked together and jj might be the guy to say oh i i and like he just like and with uh, the same thing with Star Wars, it's like his Star Wars version. It's like always about like ref- going back to the original, but like not really understanding it. Yes. Just sh- putting moving objects on screen that you recognize. And that's kind of what I think the new season of Picard is going to be. And like I'm really it kind of annoys me because think of what we lost. We used to get next generation characters on the big screen in actual yes. big screen movies. We have now settled for not even television, but web streaming web series. And the season two of Picard, especially, had a lot of budgetary seeming and and, and time limitations. It's oh. obviously very COVID shot. It does not, you know, live up to the scale of the stories trying to tell, which is like a repeat of uh, which Star Trek, where the Star Trek where they go in the past when they go to San Francisco. Oh, oh yeah, the, whale, to, oh, the whales one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, yeah, and they do like callbacks, <laughs> explicit callbacks to it, which aren't bad or anything, but like it just looks a lot cheaper than what the original movie looks like. And now we're seeing all these characters that we've seen on the big screen in just a beautiful, uh, you know, vision. And now they're back not even on TV, but on streaming shows that in a lot of ways kind of look worse than the old shows they were, they were on. So I, I it's kind of, and I don't like it cause it feels like, I don't know. It's like they moved up an ontological level from TV and now they're being brought down. <laughs> and I just don't like it. It just, just doesn't seem right. Bright spot in all, all everything yeah. we've been talking about though, the end of the serene squall ep- uh, episode seven of strange new worlds. Cyborg. Ye- Wait, wait. That was that was the one with that was the one with uh, J- Jesse James Keitel, right? Uh, was it the actress? I think uh, yeah, the trans actress. That episode yeah. was fucking. I, I like that cool, episode. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like the fact that again, like, hey man, it could have done a lot better in the '90s given LGBTQ issues. I think even Jonathan Frake says the episode where he falls in love with this androgynous species. He says that they could have just casted a man instead of casting like a woman, but. I mean, one thing I will say about he Strange insisted World, on it actually, insist, they would, and, they, and they wouldn't yeah. let him do it. He's, yeah. he's like, no, I, he's like, I'll be uncomfortable, and I'm supposed to be uncomfortable in this, and they they wouldn't do exactly. it. I mean, I will say though, I do like because you you had mentioned this before. Um, um, one of you guys had mentioned this before. I think it was you, Brittany. You had mentioned before, like the identity politics kind of aspect of it and stuff like that. And like, I, I mean, Trek has always been when conservatives complain about Trek being woke, it's like, shut up, it's always been woke. But I, what I will say. Damn, man, I'm really talking shit about New Trek. We're supposed to be supposed to be supposed to be in the but I will say this. Like, I think that again, they substitute like liberal identity politics and rep hollow representation for actual stories. But I will say though that the representation is pretty tight because uh uh I think I think yeah, I think Jesse James Cattell being in that episode 
right? And I think they're going to cast like a few trans act, um, actors in um, the next season, or I think, yeah, I think the next season. I mean, that's that's really cool and that's tight. It's you know? very cool. Now, if if you can do it in a way that also has that and tells good stories, then we'd be talking. Well, and right? if you can then have a character who's trans and then also has a personality other than the fact that they're trans, like that, I think is yeah. really important. I mean, it's it, it's Discovery does a real disservice to the representation that it's trying to that it's essentially like winking at or, you know, saying like, look, look what we're doing. What don't you want to watch it? It is like it's so shallow. There's no there's no substance to it. Um there's a scene in Strange New Worlds where uh, they just casually reference the fact that Nurse Chapel is bisexual. And it, you wouldn't mm. even know, unless you were like really listening to the dialogue, you wouldn't even know that it happened. And I feel like that type of representation is a lot more honest, to be frank, because we're talking about a world in which all of these, all of these bigotries have supposedly been overcome. And so, I don't know. I think that that was my... I loved the fact that Discovery especially has like I think two trans actors in it who are actually playing mm. like trans characters, which is very, very mm. cool. But what else is there like the the non-binary character in Discovery's name I don't even remember. Like she's anxious they're anxious and they're non-binary. That's it. That's their whole personality. <laughs> Literally. And yeah. it's you know, yeah. I think that that's that like sucks. It should be it's, we can do better than that. Yo, you're you're so absolutely right. Because it's all I always think about it too. It's like I think I mentioned it earlier, like the characters in Discovery, um, and this is why, again, to, as a comparison, it's why Strange New Worlds does a little bit better. But the characters in Discovery are basically 21st century people living in the 23rd century. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like this little winks that they do about identity politics. It's like, dude, nobody in the 23rd century would be like, oh, this person's non-binary. This person is trans. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, dog? how do I deal I with I remember Zia Dax. You know what I'm saying? I remember, actually, that was after this. But you know what I'm saying? I like, you know, I like, you don't like, this would be like... Nor not even normalized because normalized makes it sound as if like it would just be fucking a th it would just be normal right it'd be a thing right it wouldn't be something where you'd be like oh look at that wink wink nod nod it'd right. be like you know like this kind of like passive acknowledgement but passive in such a way you're like oh shit i didn't even catch that and that's pretty dope the way they did that you know yeah it's like, you know it's like when um uh, uh i forgot with the klingon character but like you know shows up he's like uh uh uh, uh you know he's like he remembers the the last host um, uh, and then she's like, I'm Jadzia now. And he's like, Jadzia, my old yeah. friend. You know, he just, and just yeah, like, he's like Curzon, my old friend. She's right, like, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that was tight. Yeah. Was and really then they cool. just move the fuck on. And like, I like, it's not like I don't want to dwell on those topics. They spend a whole episode on, you know, like Jadzia's different, like past mm -hmm. selves, right? Mm -hmm. You can obviously dwell on that in a really productive way, but but every single time, yeah, it's, it's like Brittany said, it really, I think it really does a disservice to that, you know, like that sort of representation when it's like, no, that really is everything about you is just like, yeah, that you're anxious and and, and non-binary. It's like, what, like, <laughs> like really? It's, it's, it's actually pretty reactionary. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It it is, sounds it like, actually, it sounds like a terrible stereotype, really. Yeah, it's, it sounds, it sounds bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's also in the way that the uh, the sort of like obvious political moments, like in the very first episode of Strange New Worlds, and the, the the shot of January sixth, and this very, you know, it's like when when conservatives say it's woke, obviously as as Aaron was saying, that's crap. But mm -hmm. like if if they mean wokeness in terms of like the signaling thing, mm -hmm. you signal that you have a certain politics, it is it is annoying in that way, and it is doing that in a way that previous Trek iterations didn't do as much of. They did occasionally, exactly. but like really didn't. And then, you know, like as much as we love Trek, Trek, older Trek has its weaknesses 
and it's okay to like just you know the sort of like well old trek did some stupid bad thing you know that wouldn't be a good argument for continuing to do it in the future yeah Yeah, the fan dance come on like nobody's blameless here it's (laughs) You, you know what i was thinking about too is like i mean william shatner for example like it feels like william shatner was in the progressive right in this area of progressive politics right but like and maybe this is problematic maybe it's not but i feel like everybody it sounds unfair now i sound like a right winger it feels like the the hollowness of the politics the progressive politics is like first and foremost right like it almost seems like everybody as a part of that show has this very specific kind of politics which is fine especially if you love trek right i'd rather that than not but also it doesn't really fucking matter right like william shatner is a reactionary i don't really give a shit right like i'm pretty sure actors in the 90s shows had like problematic views and shit but it doesn't really fucking matter. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I feel like in this like new Trek, it's like, oh, everybody has to be like a latte sipping. I'm, I sound like a right winger. I really do sound like a fucking <laughs> hate ass right winger right now. But it's fucking annoying. You know what I mean? It's super annoying. For example, this is it's not an- even Trek. Go ahead, yeah, go it's ahead, annoying, Leslie. of course, Aaron. I'll, I'll try to save you here because it doesn't mean anything because they don't actually yes. have like strong politics yes. and they won't take any Thank stands you. or anything like that. Yes. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Before people were like, yo, this motherfucker's a right wing ass. I say some crazy shit. Thank you, Leslie. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This isn't my joke to tell, but I think it was and I don't and I actually don't remember who told it, but it's so right on is that like old Trek was like weird, um, uh, uh, like um, uh, acting school queers right like Mm. like like people and then and then and then like but then like strange new worlds is like elite uh gay people like theater kids yeah like theater (laughs) kids yeah yeah but elite theater kids though yeah yeah and it's like i and and, you know they're both gay but one i want to watch and one i don't you know that's such a perfect dude you know what you know i'll say i'll close it out this way i say this um the guy who plays Michael Garibaldi in Babylon 5, I forget the actor's name. I think his name is something Doyle. I forget. But he's James Doyle, something like that. Doyle's last name. He's he was a radio, he was a right-wing radio like talk like whatever guy, right? He was like fucking insane, right? Um also played a cop on the fucking show. But it didn't matter, right? Like I knew that prior to watching the show and I still loved his character and enjoyed it very much. Would I ever listen to his fucking radio show? Well, he's dead now. But no, I wouldn't. But it didn't fucking matter, right? Like, and I don't know, man, like this, this, you know, I don't want to go on for it too much, but I think like this hints more to not even that the, their politics are fucked about the show, but just like the writing, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not good fucking writing, you know? Yeah. Aaron, the guy that played I, Rachel I Barkley has horrifying politics also. One more thing Aaron, if I hear what you're saying correctly, what you're saying is that we need to bring back uh, Gina Carano to science fiction <laughs> yeah, her yeah. into Star Trek after she yes. was unfairly canceled by Star Trek. <laughs> Obviously not, but yeah. <laughs> no, she needs to be the new number one. Now that uh, now that Una is in a penal colony, they just need to bring her back and make, <laughs> make her the new number one. And then the left and the right, they can they can have a mutual uh, mutual agreement uh or love for star trek again oh, star, no, star for, trek horseshoe for, theory yeah for real though the <laughs> new reboot of law and order essentially does this it's like one of the cops is like a woke black cop who's disgruntled and is like black lives matter the <laughs> other cop played by the burn notice guy great uh actor but uh, i forget his name but uh he plays like a one not just like a republican not just a right winger but like a q guy like straight up like <laughs> far right and he and he's like well what's wrong with you know running over black protesters you know if they're in the street like not that not quite that explicit, yeah. but like 
every single argument you see between a right winger and like you know uh, uh kind of the democrat on 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 twitter they put on law and order and they have all the cops embodies this like one of the prosecutors is like trying to come up with ways to put them in jail and the other prosecutor i swear to god she is aoc she is straight up aoc <laughs> like every episode is just like yes i know he committed a double murder but he suffers through so much trauma as a child. <laughs> we really have to put them in jail and she is the existed district attorney is completely uh. ridiculous ridiculous and baffling but this amazing tv it's what tv should be it's literally the right and the left battling out with these characters does it, who's the right the show doesn't fucking care it just wants you to watch <laughs> dude that's why i love i mean those are track that's why i love Battlestar galactica man because like it is literally yeah it's like the fucking like kind of low-key authoritarian military versus like the civilians which are vaguely humanist and progressive and nothing ever gets solved, but you get to see them butt heads all the time, and it's fucking awesome, right? <laughs> like, like conflict is good. Like Gene Roddenberry definitely wanted his characters to like get along, and I think DS Nine in a lot of ways subverted uh, common Trek tropes, and that was one of them. But like, I mean, if we're gonna go back to Strange New Worlds, what it did better—I want to say right—but better over Discovery is that Discovery. Yo, it was just like an angry high school, right? Like these people yeah, seemed yeah. to like each other, but yeah. really when they were making jokes, it seemed ironic and sardonic. Like it was like yeah. they were just shit posting all the time to each other, you know? At least in Strange New Worlds, it's like, man, it's kind of cute when Anson Mount, you know what I mean, takes off his apron and gives it to Spock and says, now you wash dishes. And he says, um, you know, I'm going to pack up the, uh, what do you say, the car, the, the, the station wagon? The station wagon, yeah. And he says, everybody make sure you use the bathroom before you go. I was like, okay, that's a little bit cute it's and funny. Cute. That's okay. And that's fine. You know what I mean? That's okay. You know, but, but it's, it's not. But it's also, you know, when you think, when we're thinking about, you know, like 21st century people in the 23rd century, it's also like, what, what, what like an ancient, like station wagon. I guess that'd be like a chariot. Yes, we right. still know what chariots are. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah. Still kind of yeah. use them. I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess like the, like with his character, especially like he is like a great casting, and I see him as being like a good captain. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like everybody has kind of the same tone he does. Uh, like mm. they're the, except for Spock, and even Spock tells a lot of jokes too. I feel like if he was kind of like the funnier captain, and more of the other people were a little bit more straight laced, I don't know, or I don't know. I feel like there could have been a little bit more like distinction to his character for why he's mm. making these old references, because they do try to do that in the new, in the new treks where like. Kirk is into like Beastie Boys, and he's from like, and even like original Captain Kirk, he's uh, I'm I I'm I'm not I'm from Iowa. I work in space, you know, yeah, trying to yeah. bring him yeah. like if there's actually like a character reason why he's making these kind of old references, and like you see more of the modern world that the other characters live in like what kind of music do they listen to what could yeah. they lock their lives like now this is stuff that the other star treks didn't get into but this show does is a little bit more personal show us some more of that show us show them going to like a like a club you know or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that i don't know maybe they did do that scene because i didn't watch every minute of every episode but if you are going to be make it more about the people and more like buffy the vampire slayer you didn't all of the buffy episodes weren't just about them were at work that with the quips a lot of time came when they were just hanging out recreationally. Yeah. So that's one yeah. thing that you know playing Joss poker. Whedon, yeah, Joss Whedon gets knocked a lot for his dialogue, yeah. but sometimes it's it is situational. It is situational. Some in certain situations that does work. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like when they play poker in uh, TNG, right? Like that's yes. all they would, they would do, right? And also, you got me thinking. 
Man, every Trek captain always speaks in a funny way, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't watch the original, so I don't know, but obviously, no, no. Car, very funny. Well, he's yeah. Very funny. Yeah. 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 Very funny. Yeah. Original right? funny way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Janeway, of course, like almost is kind of like doing a Picard sort of thing, but also I think, um, um, what's her name? The actress's name, I forget. Captain, Kate Mulgrew. Uh, Kate Mulgrew. Yeah, Kate Mulgrew. Well, Kate Mulgrew. She, um, I mean, she's, I think, also like like European, British, whatever. So she speaks in a funny way. Even Cisco, right? Captain Cisco, <laughs> Avery Brooks. Yeah. Black ridiculous. man authority, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Maybe Anson Mount needs to. He needs to. He needs to have like some sort of um, like um, what's like affectation to his voice in order to be a unique captain. He don't got it yet, man. He don't got it. He's not bad, but eh. yeah, he'll yeah. get there. I, I really, I feel like um, I, I hate to say it, if he feels almost like Michael Scott if he was a Star Trek <laughs> captain in no. some ways and make it maybe lean into that. Yeah. Where space. Yeah. Yeah. And where people are annoyed more by his jokes than like kind of just playfully playing along. Like rolling their eyes and shit. Yeah, because he knows like what the fate is so that I mean, if he knows that like nothing bad is going to happen to him in the next 10 years, shouldn't that could be like a thing that affects him and his behavior and like how he talks to people and treats people. I mean, if this were a movie and like we had 90 minutes to tell the story about a guy who knew that he would die in 10 years, the story would be about like how he would behave differently in every situation with that knowledge. And and it wouldn't be about like even the trauma of that it mm-hmm. would just be about like what would you do if you knew you had this freedom and they do get into it a little bit at times but i think they could do a little bit more yeah like yeah, there's the yeah. w- when they're hiding from the illyrians who tried to un eugenics themselves or whatever and there's like the lightning storms outside and spock is like worried that they're gonna die and he's like not today i mean so there is mm-hmm. like a little bit of it where it kind of peeks through that this 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 useful plot device uh, that is the recognition that he's not going to die for another i think it's like seven years um seven years yeah yeah something like that yeah 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 I, i'm just hoping that the next season like uh I don't know, man. At first, I got a little bit confused because I was stoned when I was watching the season finale. So I thought it ended with the Romulan War. I I was like, oh, no, that's seven years from now. So I was like, at first, I was worried. I was like, god damn, it's going to be like Discovery again, where it just starts off like the season with a war, right? Um, Not in a DS9 way where they set it up, right? But it's just going to be immediate. But yeah, I have no idea. Since I'm wrong about that, I just have no idea where they would go again. Like I said, I hope they keep it episodic, but kind of like have like a narrative like thorough line throughout the season you know but i just don't want if i could say anything like about the trauma thing like you guys made me realize that right one of the things the holdovers vestiges from new trek that this show still has is the 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 trauma dumping and i kind of hope that they just i don't know man like if you're gonna do trauma like make it you got to do more than 10 episodes because you got to make me like you got to make the trauma actually hit and make me care about the characters but also, too, you could spice it up, man. You could have like you could have an episode where they play baseball or some shit like in baseball. DS Nine. Like I don't fucking know, man. Baseball. Yeah, or, or I mean, DS Nine does start with trauma, but it's like a very engaging cinematic tale yes. of yeah. Cisco losing uh, his wife yes. because of Picard. And then the next scene is him having to sit there and talk to Picard, sit with Picard as he talks down to him. That is great, you know, dramatic yes. tension. And it's not just mm-hmm. about. And it's not even about the trauma. He's fucking fucking pissed he's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. mad as fuck he's not sad about it he's mad yeah, yeah, yeah no, if, if i have any hope any hopes for uh strange new worlds it is that they they introduced cybok in episode seven and that cybok comes back hugs everyone get, gets her trauma out 
And we just never talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I never talk about it ever again. Yeah, yeah. That would yeah. be it, yo. Yeah, but no, so that would be it. I, 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 I would take a whole series just on Cybok. That, that, that guy's nuts. I love. Okay, it. So Cybok is a Spock's brother for anybody. Yeah, listening. his half brother. Yeah. Half brother. Half brother. Very weird. Yeah, and and the the uh, subject of Star Trek Five, the the Star Trek movie directed by William Shatner, that is definitely the worst. Um, definitely it's terrible. The worst. It's Man, terrible. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. See, this is why. Like, I gotta. I've only watched First Contact. So I haven't seen Wrath of Khan, which I know oh my is the best one. Oh my I have God. not seen. Listen, the original series, this is what it is, man. Is like the original series for me, I'm like concerned that it's going to be too dated. You know what I mean? So I've been like really holding off. Actually, lighter the episode that you referenced uh-huh. last night that was kind of a mirror or this episode for now, season finale of Strange New Worlds is a mirror of that episode of the original. That's the first one I was going to watch. Oh, but yeah. I'm just sort of like... Man, I'm gonna. Am I gonna be sitting there for an hour trying to enjoy the show because I love the franchise and this is how the franchise started? It's the corniness is fine. I could deal with the hokiness. It's just, I don't know. I hope it's good. So I will. Aaron, I actually think like especially that era of television has like just really good storytelling. A lot of times, Mm. there's an episode written by Harlan Ellison, one of my oh shit uh, favorite uh, sci-fi writers, and people uh, love it. It's worth. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, and it's um and like. With the original series, actually, I want to evangelize about the movies. I think I've watched a lot of the movies recently. They're like good. They're just like straight up good movies. They're like you would enjoy them even if you didn't like Star. Most of them, even if you didn't like Star Trek, some of them are weaker than others. But I, I feel like all of them have a sense of have a bit of character, interesting plots, fine acting, and they all have and they are really jokey too. But like it's earned because these are people who've known each other and that we've known for twenty years, and so they have that sort of intimacy int real mm-hmm. intimacy that's kind of missing from the Whedon style when nobody is really close to one another I think mm-hmm. is kind of how, in in that style of humor so I I, I want I highly recommend start with the movies because like even like the first and they, they actually like connect and like there are a couple of trilogies in it where like the story's gone ongoing like they're very mm-hmm. very good and actually make me upset that we didn't get like Deep Space Nine movies or you know oh, Voyager man. movie yeah. which they could be doing right now if they really wanted to i mean even if they're doing picard they could have made picard a movie movie if they wanted to it would have been better as a movie than a series man that's such a good point not even a series we have to be clear it's a streaming series (laughs) it's a completely different beast than the old star trek it's not the same like form of content it's just Mm -hmm. not the same it's not the same it says it's it's the difference between like an album and an ep Maybe yeah. and like even like one of those EPs that they would send to the radio station that was just like four songs randomly as opposed <laughs> to like, we're gonna sit down in our basement and make an EP. I, yeah. I, I, one recommendation if you're going to watch the original series movies, the very first one, the motion picture, you have to find the biggest screen you can find, right? Mm. You have, it has to be as loud mm. as possible and you have to be as high as possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's hey, lots of like, yeah. uh, they, they, it mm-hmm. felt like they got pissed that like Stanley Kubrick beat they did. them to yeah. a lot of stuff and yeah. they tried to like, all right, motherfucker. Well, it, 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 at the time, Star Wars hadn't come out yet. And so star, so science fiction in movies was 2001. So they're like, no, yes. we have to do a 2001 movie. Um, but it, uh, yeah, so that, that's that's uh, why they. Uh, I I think that's that's at least the lore. I think of, of why the, uh, you spend like 15 minutes of like Captain Kirk eye banging the Enterprise. It's pornographic. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel yeah, like yeah. He's just mm-hmm. like in a little watching it. 
yeah, his little like runabout thing, and, and it's just like him going, oh, like mm-hmm. looking at it, and then the ship mm-hmm. panning of the ship, and he's like, oh wow, and he's just it's incredible. Maybe maybe this is a hot take too, but um, you know, I think within within acceptable like um uh degrees, um, yo, like this like strange new worlds should be a little bit more horny man it's very sexless. oh yes it's very it's very okay not like enterprise horny because enterprise horny was like literally the first episode where they're just like fucking massaging each other with some fucking gel yeah, or something like that and it just makes no fucking sense and i was just like <laughs> this is weird that's but how they get rid of the space germs <laughs> star <laughs> trek is horny always has been horny yeah. always will be horny <laughs> and in the modern sexless uh hollywood it, it, that just doesn't work and you don't even have the timer episodes for it you don't have yeah, the, you don't even have you got 50 minutes and you only got 10 episodes you can't have a little like even two minutes of sexiness well, they, they tried there's yeah. spock and, and to pring you know right they, they tried they're literally true, in bed true. together but the the, the, mm. the thing that's kind of strange about that is they, they established vulcan mating rituals like early and the vulcan mating yeah. rituals are like crazy and like really kinky and actually like much weirder than having mm. them just like well, go no, on a she- date and then go to bed yeah, but that comes after her saying that she was exploring human mating practices. Which will so I think that yeah. they're like yeah. you know, they're supposed to be having human the, sex at that point. But even from that very first uh, episode, though, because they they get engaged again. It's it's very like it was. This was annoying because it was very human. They get engaged mm-hmm. at like a yeah. restaurant and then they go to bed together. Yeah. It's like that's that's how yeah. humans do things. But like yeah. Vulcans are aliens and they do things in a different way and like like, weird like super shit. repressed and kinky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe in season two we'll see a spot go through a ponfar, man. Maybe, maybe we have a pond far episode. <laughs> no, no, it, it should, we should do the episode where every well, the space disease where everyone literally gets horny. That's in two <laughs> different <laughs> series. It's time to bring that back. Yeah, right, <laughs> and it's, yeah. You need to bring. You have you had the, the Trek time travel episode. You got the mirror universe yeah. episode. Everyone's you need horny to bring, episode. You need to bring back the everyone's horny episode. <laughs> and, and it is my DS9 opinion. Com- infamously is- combined the mirror universe episode with the horny episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this oh, yeah, bro. Goes to the mirror universe and has sex with Dax. Mira Kira Kira can get it any day. God damn, she's evil but bad. Evil but bad. I think that Strange New World is the hottest Trek cast ever. Oh yeah, they're they're gorgeous. gorgeous. I think that they are they're by far the hottest the hottest cast. So yeah, let's hope for a horny uh, space yeah. disease next season. Yeah, but yeah. it is like Starship Troopers in that like everyone is perfectly hot and wants to have sex with nothing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, the movie Starship Troopers is pretty horny. Yeah, oh, but but the yeah. individual characters, right? It's like these co-ed locker rooms and showers, and everyone's like full frontal nude, just yeah, like yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, who they want to yeah. kill next, right? It's like yeah, yeah. Yeah. so. Well, I mean, what you, know, you say you know, we need full frontal nude? I mean, we are on streaming. This yeah, could be could the first Star Trek nudity. show with yeah. full frontal nudity. If full I don't see frontal. Spock's dick by uh, the end of 2023, I'm gonna be dick, bro. It's pointy. It's pointy. Oh no! Like his ears? No. What if his dick has ears? Like no. Okay. Can can I talk a little bit about new Spock? Okay, so yeah. I'm not going to knock this actor. Apparently, he's been embraced by the family. Seems like a great guy, really nice guy. But does it bother anybody the way he sat? Like with his very his back was very curved for some reason, <laughs> and he was like trying to sit like an alien, but it was just very strange. It was just yeah, like, like he had perfect posture. Yeah, like like but like too perfect. It was like all the way back. I, yeah. I don't know because mm-hmm. but they were shooting him at the side, so all you would see is just this big curve. I'm like, 
dude is out here tuning it out at work. Like adverse hunchback or some shit like that. You were, Spock, you, Spock, you are too much out here throwing that ass out <laughs> in the fucking chair. <laughs> like, relax, dog. I guess Spock was. Yeah, bro, I, guess, I guess Spock was horny a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Spock is always horny. He has to suppress that and mad. I, I like. I like also too. Uh, besides Anson Mount. Um, and I also like Lon's character. I think her name is Christina Chong, and whoever plays the uh, whoever plays um Rahura too. I like them, but I really do like Spock's character. I never again. I never watched the original, so I never got um uh what's his name uh Leonard Nimroy like his his um his his like cadence, you know. Like I've never like watched it to hear it, but even hearing this actor that plays Spock, wherever he's from, whatever he's doing with his voice, I'm like yo. Okay, if I watched the original series, I'd probably be like, okay, this is good, just based on the voice alone, at least in my opinion. Like, I don't know, the way he's, I like his character, I like the actor a lot. I think he's pretty good. I think he does great. I love, I love new Spock. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the thing, problem is, like, why do we need a third Spock? Is there, is there, <laughs> there's no knock on him. It's like, why isn't there just a new show with him as a Vulcan, yeah. Anson Mount as a captain? It takes place a little bit after DS9, and we're seeing something new. Because a lot, because mm-hmm. um, this mm-hmm. one character, uh, Christina Chong, at, that she plays she's basically a character from the expanse like she is straight up like drummer from the expanse like yeah. plucked into a star trek show and it's very obvious and it's like okay you could come up with an interesting way to have like a rough and tumble character there an interesting way to have a genetically modified character there in a star trek related show but instead you just go back to we are on the enterprise before we have you know um uhura here we have spock here you could have like you know a new star trek show with a new scenario with Mm -hmm. new reasons for these different people these different actors to meet but instead we're just going back to like the tried and true formula but again not going through the same creative process so we get a very different show that is like half you know the trek we like but has Mm. a lot of new stuff and new trek stuff that we don't like yeah yeah it's very confused man i'm not gonna lie it's very confused and i heard that they're coming out because of course like you said leslie like paramount needs trek right um needs more trek shows so they're coming out with like i think comic-con i didn't really no i don't think comic-con said anything but i've seen like talk online that they're coming out with two new star trek series or at least one and i swear to god bro if it's going to be dude if it's yo i would i'm i'm yeah it is so many but if you're gonna do that, like like we've been saying, Lisa Leslie, like just throw it into the future. Not a thousand, don't throw it a thousand years into the future, like Discovery. Just like after DS9. I wanna know what happens to Cisco. And Avery Brooks probably will not come back to Trek, which I wouldn't blame him. But I mean, like, that'd be nice if we found out kind of what happened with the TNG DS9 universe. I mean, shit, man. They brought back Janeway, right, for a new Trek kid show. But she's like the AI or something like that. Yeah, that like was, she's oh, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Bullshit. So it's like, just oh. do that in live action, you know? Oh, Bring well, back Aaron, let me do update you on mm. what happens to the Picard universe. Mm. So what happens is that the um, Federation decides to make robot slaves and use them <laughs> to colonize Mars and the robot slaves rebel so then the in the in the, so that so the federation decides to uh commit I don't know would you call it genocide on all genocide on all the AI uh that exists and there's also like they are also like dismantling like the Borg and shit they're doing some weird experimentation like unit 751 mm. stuff on the remaining mm. Borg cubes like it's very strange and dark and I can understand like that is trying to push it forward 
but it's ultimately in service of a series that that of a story that's basically like Mass Effect, the plot of Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. There, where they're like, there's these alien AIs, they're coming, and we gotta find the right laser to shoot at them and some AI friends to help us make that laser. And it's not, it's not really start. And it's ten episodes of that. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed this first season of Picard. I couldn't get through the second season, mm. but like it was not Star Trek. It was like a science fiction. It was just a science fiction story uh, mm-hmm. with some Star Trek characters in it that like moved around and did cool stuff. But it had nothing to do with Star Trek. It had nothing really to say. It was just kind of like a, a action adventure sci fi show, 10 episodes, which is fine. But like it could be so much more. It basically Yo. had the Rosinante from The Expanse. Mm. Like that was the main mm. ship of. of yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. That that's a really good point, man. I think like the kind of like full circle is like we were talking about like what makes Trek Trek, um, and what side from any other sci-fi show, and like it really does feel like they're just trying to make like another. It feels like the stars. It feels like Trek is like a, having the star Star Warsification moment, you know, where like it's just like another science fiction piece of entertainment. You know, it doesn't have the classic characteristics and tropes of Trek that make it not just a sci-fi show, but Star Trek, you know, like even shows like Babylon five or Battlestar Galactica deconstruct, they start out from deconstructing Star Trek. Oh yeah. But like the new shows, I mean, even DS nine was sort of a deconstruction, but the new shows, they don't really deconstruct. They try to reconstruct, but it's uncanny in a way, you know what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's that's weird, a perfect man. point. Like, yeah. even like, oh my god, like, the, yeah, even like the people who were making like the original Star Trek series at the time took more chances than these people making it twenty years <laughs> later. You know, that's so strange. Thirty years later, what are and, and it is also, I think, like this like open door policy to the writers' room is so we wouldn't have Ronald D. Moore if it weren't for that. He was a naval officer that sent really? a script. For what? a Star Trek, for a TNG episode that they picked out of the the slush pile, and that's how we got Ronald D. Moore. That is so wild. Yeah. So much sense watching Battlestar Galactica because if yeah. you think that yeah. the perfect the military professionalism is in Trek, yeah, yo, it's like I'm literally like sometimes I forget when they pan out and they go to like the starport, the viewport, and I see the stars and shit. I'm like, oh yeah, it's on a they're on like a spaceship. Like they're not on like a fucking you know like an aircraft like a you know uh, aircraft carrier some shit like that you know okay all right oh yeah, shit and he has a new show it's called For All Mankind for All Mankind it's on Apple TV which nobody mm. gets but my partner swears by this show says so very good and it's more like a it's a it actually has a bit a bit of politics to it so the basic of the basis of the show is what would happen. If uh, communist Russia got to the moon first, yeah. how would uh, <laughs> the United States try to catch up with them? And one of the things they proposed we would do is like, oh, we would hire, we would allow like black people and women in like high levels of NASA in order mm-hmm. to like, you know, for a PR push. And that also, and because of that, like technology advances like many, many much faster in their reality than our reality and so things are like some things run parallel like bill clinton still runs for president mm-hmm. but he loses to like this f- republican woman astronaut it's, it's an interesting what? show and they do a lot of time and they do a lot of time jumps each season so it gets to like sci-fi sci-fi shit it's like the 80s right now the new season right i i, I think yeah i think oh no it's the 90s now the, new the 90s season now. Is the 90s like i think bill clinton uh, just lost and like they're doing the space race but we're much further and they do have like an elon musk 
type figure trying to get to Mars first versus NASA. Like there's a race to it. It's all it's kind of an interesting, you know, show which still has like these very, you know, sci fi it still is like a sci fi sci fi show mm. as opposed to like a closer to like a hard sci fi or what a mm. near space sci fi. It does a mixture of both. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like again, like I mean, hey man, like a collectivist like society that sort of I mean, not that that show is post post capitalism, obviously, but it's like even for the PR, like, hey, we're just going to hire black people and women, right, for representation and make it look good. But then that actually that material change and access paradigm shift actually advances technology. Like, you know what I'm saying? A couple decades even like that's why Star Trek is dope, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why Space Comedy is dope, man. We're not like I was reading today saying that uh, Russia said that they're going to stop participating with the um the ISS the International Space Station by 2024. Oh yeah, I saw that bummed me out so much. Yeah. Apparently the Wolf Amendment, the Wolf Amendment in 2011 um prohibits any space cooperation with China, right? So like, you know, like seeing this shit go on and being like I also saw a study that uh, talked about the effects of, on of bone density, right? Of um like anti-gravity and shit. So reading all this shit, I'm like, dog, we're never going to space, man. It shit is never going to happen, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, like you watch Trek and I'm kind of like, all right, man, like this kind of like takes me back to a time when I was a kid and like I didn't have really any concerns or worries about the future. And like it really seemed like the skies was the sky was the limit. You know what I mean? So like a little bit depressing when New Trek feels like, again, the writers are writing 21st century characters in the 23rd century because they have no vision of the future. You know, it's pretty, pretty depressing, man. But if, if I can offer no. a bit of uh, optimism, it's that. Mm. The Soviet Union went from the most backwards, unindustrialized uh, 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 European nation to the first spacefaring nation in 40 years. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And win one World War Two in the middle. Yeah, without without a without a eugenics war, without yeah. like you know yeah. like World yeah. War Two and three, and yeah. you know what I mean, like the Soviet the Union. Right? Well, there were bell rides. Yeah, but they yeah. but they, they 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 beat us at everything to space except for the moon landing. Like, you know what's you, I mean, you know, we're talking. I want to get too away, but for all mankind, um, somebody was telling me to watch it. My mentions, and they were saying that also, like the only reason why the United States like go so hard. Um, is because after the Soviets land on the moon first, they pushed the goalpost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. They just put, which is kind of what they did. And like, you know what I mean? Like we got to the moon first and like we set the standard for what that would be. And if the Soviets got there first, we'd probably be on Mars by now. But I digress. You know? <laughs> um, shit. Uh, yes. I guess we, we, wow, man. That was, see, I, I was afraid I of this. I, I knew that it was going to go on for more than an hour, man. Like, I was like, yo, I went to this. I was like, yo, make sure I eat beforehand. You know what I'm saying? Get my mind right because this is going to go on way longer than an hour, but uh, it was good though. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we will have to do this again. And, you know, we, we covered a lot of ground, but, you know, we could, you know, central, you know, we could put an episode at the center next time. We could put a whole series at the center. We could put one of the movies. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Wrath of Khan, by the way, great birthday movie. If anybody's birthday is coming up, I watched it on my birthday this year. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I got to see Wrath of Khan. I don't know why. Um, I feel like I got to watch all of the original series first because I've been yeah. trying to do this like in a very like complete, like completionist way where mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna watch all. Like, Leslie, I think you were telling me that I could watch DS9 and TNG at the same time. Yeah, and at a certain point, they, yeah. at certain points, you can't. But I was like, yo, I watch all of TNG, then DS9, then Voyager, then Enterprise, and um. And yeah, like uh, I'm hoping to watch all the original series 
and then the movies, and then the animated series, which I really can't wait for because I'm going to get so high and watch that. The show. animated that series. <laughs> There's an it episode where they they meet Satan in Salem, Massachusetts, in the past. Yes. Dog, that sounds so dope. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool. Oh, also, also, the third season of the original series, like they were not expecting to be re. Uh, uh, th- that's the season like the that the fans win. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't expecting it, and so like the first like two episodes of the third season are like the budget is like literally like twenty bucks. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, Spock's brain controls all. It's such a good line. It's such a perfect line. I have, I have to check out the original. All right. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, and um, we will see all of our lovely listeners across all of our lovely podcasts uh, the next time we do this. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.